Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Senior Pastor Ken Jensen. Last week we launched a, a brand new study that we're continuing this week, and it's all about learning how to live in the flow of the Holy Spirit, um, that the Holy Spirit is at work in each and every life of, of a Christ follower, um, because when we invite Christ into our lives, when we turn our lives over to Him, it says the Spirit of God Himself indwells us. And Jesus, in fact, said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And if you believe in me, that, that, the, that um, out of the innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And he's talking about the Holy Spirit. That the Spirit of God is at work within each and every one of us. And what we're looking at for the next couple of weeks is, how does that work itself out in my life? How do I learn to live a life that is in the flow of God's Spirit? And so that's uh, what this whole series is all about. It's, a, it's a, an intensive focus. We're doing it church-wide all across the board. Um, you saw a little bit about the community groups. Um, Sunday morning, our messages are kind of that 50,000-foot view, uh, kind of an overview of the topic for each week. And then in our community groups, um, we're discussing these things at, at greater length. And uh, it's a great chance to interact. And if you haven't been a part of a community group, um, or for some reason you weren't able to make it this last week, it really is not too late. I want to re- uh, emphasize that. We really would like to see everybody get involved in this uh, because there's, there's a level of learning that happens when you act, interact with other people. And there's a, a bit of an accountability factor and an, a support and encouragement factor that comes with all of that. So if you didn't make it to one of the midweeks this week, uh, last week, you can still get in on it this week. And I strongly, strongly encourage you. We are really pushing uh, for 100% participation. Let me just say, by the way, we had a record number of people involved in our midweek program this last week, before, more than any other time we've done this. So um, hats off to all of you, and it's still not too late to get in. And then the third element to it is your own personal devotion. Um, and we recommended this book. It's based a lot on, the, ser- the series is based a lot on this. Um, it's called The Me I Want to Be, um, Discovering God's Best Version of You. It's written by John Ortberg. Um, it's got about six pages of, the, of reading each day, and then there's also um, a study guide that goes with it, um, and some good thought-provoking questions to make you take a look at um, how God works in your life. So that's what this whole thing is about. Um, it's all about learning to recognize and then respond to what the Holy Spirit is doing in your life. So we're going to continue that this morning, um, and we're talking about it from, actually, starting with Romans uh, chapter 12, verse 2. Paul wrote these words, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That the primary place that the Spirit does His work is in our minds. It's in our way of thinking. And that's why Paul writes, and you find that throughout Scripture, it's about changing the way that you think, looking at life from a different perspective. The Bible calls that repentance, which is simply changing the way of my thinking in such a way that it actually changes the direction of my life. And and that's what God's Spirit does. That's what He's doing in each and every one of us. So the big question is, how do I make my mind a place where the Holy Spirit can flow freely? How do I get in on this renewing my mind process? Now, you can't do it just in your own strength. You can't do it just by your own trying to change the way you think. It's something that God's Spirit does. But you have a part in it. And if you turn to uh, Romans chapter 8, a little bit earlier, uh, in the same letter that Paul wrote about renewing your mind, he writes these words, beginning in verse 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. 
For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful humanity to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in human flesh in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their mind set on what the nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. The mind controlled by the sinful nature is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are not controlled by the sinful nature, but are in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. This is how your mind is changed, that you learn to live in the flow of the Holy Spirit, that you learn to to live away from that sinful nature, the way you used to live, and learn to live a new life by letting God change the way that you think. So this morning, we're going to talk a little bit about that. How do you renew your mind? How does the flow of the Holy Spirit happen? And it does a little bit differently in each and every one of us, um, but there are some common, um, common thoughts, common um, factors that are involved for all of us. Um, and with the Holy Spirit's help, there's a couple of things you can do. One of them is just simply learn to pay attention to the flow of your thoughts. Just learn to pay attention to the way that you think. We all have patterns to the way that we think. Every one of us do. We all do. That's what Paul writes about. Verse 6, he says, The mind controlled by the sinful nature is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. He's saying there is a, there is a flow of thought. There's a pattern to the stream of thought that goes on in your mind all the time. And it is either leading you towards death or it is leading you towards life. Now, very often, you are not conscious of that flow. You are not, you're not conscious of the stream of thought. It just happens it's constantly going on in your mind. It's like, how many here, have you ever like, been driving and you've gone like maybe 15, 20 miles and suddenly you realize you have no memory of traveling those 15, 20 miles? <laughs> that ever happened to anybody? You're just driving along, you know, cruising along, and you realize, wow, I, I don't even remember making that turn. Okay? Because your, your mind kind of gets on autopilot. I, I buy a watch. I put this watch and I put a watch on my wrist and, and for about the first day or two, I'm conscious of that and then... I'm completely oblivious to the fact that there's a watch on my wrist. Until the day that I forget it and I go to look at what time it is. Oh, half past a freckle, you know? Because that's the way our minds work. There is this constant stream of thought that is going through each and every one of our minds. It is constantly flowing. Constantly flowing. And often we're not aware of it. Right here, right now, there are thoughts going through your mind. Some of you are thinking, I wonder how long he's going to talk this morning. You didn't realize it, but that's what you're thinking. Some of you, now you're thinking that because I just said it, okay? There's this, there's this subconscious flow of thought. And the thing is that the patterns to our flow of thought affect everything. They affect our attitudes. The flow of thought in our minds affects our desires. It affects our decisions. It affects our behavior. This, this constant flow of thought through our minds has an impact on everyday living. If you have, kind of tend to have a, um, a flow of thought that goes through your mind that is of a critical nature, then you are critical about just about everything. If, if 
if the flow of the stream of thought through going through your mind is of anxiousness or, or worry, anxiety or worry, then, then that's how you see everything. Something comes up and you become automatically weary, worried or fearful about it. If the flow of thought that goes through your mind is one of anger or, or bitterness, then, then you're, you're just like, you are right on the edge of, of you know, just being set off. Conversely, if the flow of thought through your mind is hopeful, if it is pleasant, if it is encouraging, if it is confident, then it affects the way that you look at life. And so one of the first steps in this renewing of a mind is find out how does my mind function now? How, does my, how do my thoughts go right now? Because we live out of what's going on inside of us. Jesus talked about this. He said the good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. The evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. Now, what he's doing there is he is sharpening the contrast. There is no one who is pure evil. There is no one who is pure good. But he is sharpening the contrast to help us understand that we live out of what's going on inside of us. And if what's going on inside of us is good, then good comes out. If what's going on inside of us is, is negative, if it's evil, if it's, if, it's, if, it's out, if it's selfish, if it's all those, that's what gets lived out. The stream of thought in your life is what lives out in your day-to-day living. And the best way to check this is, what are your reactions? See, your reactions are the things that automatically happen without you thinking about it. It's, it's tapping into the subconscious thought that's going on in your mind. And so when you are faced with a problem or a challenge or, or a difficulty or whatever, your reaction is a pretty good indicator of the flow of stream of thought in your life. What comes out in your conversations? When you're in a conversation with somebody, how does that conversation go when you are actively engaged in it? Does it tend towards positive things? Does it tend toward negative, critical things? Shows up in our conversations. Shows up in our reactions. It shows up in the thoughts that occupy your mind. Have you ever gone through a whole day realizing you have worried about something all day long? You, just, you, know, you weren't consciously thinking about it, but you come to the end of the day, you go, I have worried about this all day. I've worried about this all week. Just this thing in the, in, down in my gut that just keeps churning away. What are the things that occupy your mind? Those are the things that tell you what the stream of thought is going through your brain every day. John Ortberg makes a really great um, uh, um, suggestion in the book. He says, set your watch or, or maybe your iPhone or whatever, set it to go off at regular intervals, like you know, every 45 minutes or every hour and 20 minutes, and just when the alarm goes off, just a little thing, just check yourself, what am I thinking right now? It's, it's a great suggestion. I did that this week. It wasn't not going to tell you what the results were, but just... <laughs> but the deal is because you're not thinking about it. But when the alarm goes off, you go, "Oh, what am I thinking right now?" It is either leading you toward life, or it is leading you towards death. That's what your thoughts do. That's why Paul talks about renewing your mind. Now, it's also why just behavior modification doesn't do it. Just trying to do things differently, just trying to be a better person, just trying harder doesn't cut it. Because it's an inner thing. See, Paul writes about it in verse 3. What the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did 
by sending his, un, his own son. You can't do this just by trying harder. We talked about that last week. Because it's not a matter of just trying to change externals. He said it is something that has to happen on the inside of you. This is a constant argument that Jesus had with the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. Because they were really, really good at keeping the rules. Now the rules are good. But you can keep all the rules without a changed heart. And that's what Jesus kept trying to get to. You are really good at rule keeping, but the the insides are dead. Talk about you wash the outside of the cup, but you don't wash the inside. Something has to happen inside each and every one of us. Because there is a way of thinking that is natural to us. In our sinful nature, this is what it looks like. Romans 1, 12, 21. Their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Left to my own devices, left to my own thoughts, that's where my thoughts will go. But God has given us a chance by the power of His Spirit to think differently. And the first step is simply just learning to pay attention to the flow of thoughts that are already going through your mind. Now, once you become aware of those thoughts, now you've got something to work with. Now, by the help of the Holy Spirit, you can actually learn to redirect your way of thinking. Not just by your own strength, again, but by the power of the Spirit, you can actually tell your mind where you want it to go. You can do that. Romans 8, verse 2. The law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Verse 9, you are not controlled by the sinful nature, but are in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, that you have been set free from that old way of thinking. And by the power of the Spirit, you can think in a new way. You can tell your mind where you want it to go. Too often, we think that we are simply victims of our thoughts. Like we are passive spectators watching our thoughts go by on a movie screen. And we say things like, well, I can't help it. I, you know, I, can't, I just I can't help it. It's just the way I am. It's just the way I think. And, and what Paul is saying is, no, you've got a choice in this. The Spirit of God has set you free to think differently. My mom used to say it this way. She said, you can't keep birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from making a nest in your hair. You can't help the thoughts that might go through, but you can decide on which ones you hold on to. You can decide on the ones that you keep and dwell on. You can choose what you pay attention to. There is something in the way that God has created us that that gives us a natural filter. It's actually, it's called the reticular activating system. It is part of how God designed our brains. It is a natural filter. It filters out all the extraneous information and brings us to focus on the things that matter. For instance, when you were in the airport and all this background noise and all the, you know, every, you know flights being announced and canceled and all this stuff and you know, going through the um, security lines and all that background noise, all the stuff that's going on, you really kind of just filter all out until you hear your name being paged or your flight number, if you remembered it, being paged. All of a sudden, you, you check into it. You, you pay attention to it. It's the same thing. It also operates, for instance, if you're thinking about buying a new car. Okay? Like, I would love to buy a brand new Camaro. I see every Camaro that drives by on the freeway. Because that's where my mind is focused. You know? I don't look at all at minivans. I filter them right out. I, you know, that's not an interest of mine at all. But, but 
But I, because I am thinking about something, that's where my mind goes. See? And, and that is a natural filter that God built into our brains. And so I can train my mind to think differently. Paul wrote about it this way. We take, every, take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You have the power by the Holy Spirit to do that. To take captive those thoughts and make them obedient to Christ. Because the Holy Spirit is always flowing. That's what Scripture says. It is always flowing. And you can tap into the Spirit's power at any moment. It is always available to you. He is always available to you. And you have a choice at every moment. And the greatest freedom that you have because of the Spirit of God within you is the freedom to choose what you think, to choose what your mind will dwell on. See, I can wake up in the morning and think about my day ahead and think about all the things that I have to do and all the, the little time that I have to do them all and all the tasks and the, you know, the appointments that I have and the things that I don't want to do. And I can lay in bed and I could start thinking about, oh man, this day is going to be a miserable day. I don't have enough hours in the day to do the things that I want to do. I am so overwhelmed. Why do I have this burden on me? Why do I have to do all these things? And you can start your day with that train of thought. Or you can wake up in the morning and decide, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Why do you think the Psalms so often David says to himself, bless the Lord, oh my soul. He is telling himself, think differently. Tap into God's train of thought. And sometimes he had to tell himself, I will rejoice because this is the day the Lord has made. Now, it doesn't change the circumstances. It just changes the way that you're looking at them. John Orberg has a great example of this um, in his book. Um, the di- excerpts from the, do- from the Diary of a Dog. <laughs> 8 a.m. Dog food, my favorite thing. 9.30 a.m. A car ride, my favorite thing. 9.40 a.m. A walk in the park, my favorite thing. 10.30 a.m. Got rubbed and petted, my favorite thing. 12 p.m., lunch, my favorite thing. 1 p.m., played in the yard, my favorite thing. 3 p.m., wagged my tail, my favorite thing. 5 p.m., milk bones, my favorite thing. 7 p.m., got to play ball, my favorite thing. 8 p.m., wow, watch TV with the people, my favorite thing. 11 p.m., sleeping on the bed, my favorite thing. Excerpts from the Diary of a Cat. Day 983 of my captivity. My captors continue to taunt me with bizarre little dangling objects. The only thing that keeps me going is my dream of escape. You've got the choice. You can train your mind. Colossians 3.1, you have been raised with Christ, so set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Now, he's not saying head in the clouds, you know, think about what kind of furniture you're going to have in heaven or how big your house is going to be. That's not what he's talking about. What he's saying is 
gear your mind to heavenly things. To think God thoughts. To remember that God is all powerful and greater than anything that you're facing right now. And you have his power available to you. My whole life took a huge turn a couple of months ago. When I began to realize the patterns of my thoughts. I've made no secret of it. I have struggled with clinical depression about the last six or seven years. And the thing is, with that comes a downward spiral of thinking. And, and you start interpreting everything through that. And your feelings just become, if I can just hang on one more day, you know, if I can just get through one more day, and, and it, just, it cycles downward. It is a cycle towards death. And, 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 I, and I began to realize, wait a minute, I don't have to give in to those thoughts. Yes, those are the thoughts. Those are the, that's where my mind naturally goes to because of this disease. But I don't have to stay in those thoughts. I can choose to think differently. Lord, it is a difficult day, and I am still struggling with my emotions, but I will rejoice in you. I'm overwhelmed by my circumstances, and it's tough for me to think great thoughts of faith and, and take big steps of faith. But Lord, you are bigger than my thoughts. You are bigger than my struggles. You are stronger than anything I might be facing. So I will choose, and I wrote it in my prayer journal, today I choose to think your thoughts. And every day now, I wake up saying, Lord, today I choose to think your thoughts. You can do this because the Spirit of God is at work within you. And you can train your mind to think differently because of His power. And then, once you become aware of that stream of thought that's going on in your mind, and once you learn how to redirect that, then it comes down to what do you feed your mind? And you start feeding your mind a healthy mental diet. It means becoming intentional about the things that I put into my mind. He said, those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. They feed their minds with godly things, with Spirit-filled things. What does that look like? He talks about it, writes about it to the Philippian church. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about those kinds of things. Which means if I start to think that way, then if somebody else has some wild success, I can be happy for them in their success instead of being envious because I didn't get that prize. I can change the way that I think because I start feeding my mind on things that are pure and lovely. And when I have problems that I am anxious about, I can remind myself God is greater. God is greater than any problems. And I can rely on Him. When I sit on the beach and watch a sunset in Kahanapali, oh, and I can think, what a good God. What a good God who creates such beauty. It's a gift. 
Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of heavenly lights. What we immerse our mind in will become what we are full of. I tend to listen to a lot of talk radio. Um, my, you, you write in my car, it's all AM stations, and it's all pretty much talk radio. Right on Betty's car, it's all music, all top 40. You know, I, I have no idea what the latest songs are. I don't know who's in the top 10 right now, but I can tell you everybody else's opinion about all kinds of other things than the news, you know? So um, a couple weeks ago, we were, um, we were driving together, and um, the rule in our house is whoever drives gets to pick the radio stations, you know? So I was driving, so we were listening to talk radio, and um, we're listening after a while, you know, it was a pretty long drive. We went up to Napa Valley, and we were driving around. And, um, and after, um, after we've come to the end, we've been driving about a half hour or so, and Betty said, you know, if I listened to this stuff all day long, I would be a very angry person. I listen to this stuff all day long. <laughs> and it's true. It really is. There are some people that President Obama cannot do one thing possibly right, ever. There are also some people who thought George Bush could never do anything right either <laughs> because it's the way you think. See, that's the deal. What do you feed your mind with? And the thing is this. There are so many resources available to us these days. So many resources. This book that we're going through together, great book, godly thoughts, good instruction on how to live the life God designed you to live. The Bible is not our only source. This is all based on the Bible, but there are other resources. We have a resource that we don't make... We barely cover our costs on the resource desk at the information, desk, at the information center. We, we, we just barely cover our costs. We didn't do that as a moneymaker. We did it to give people, here are resources that will feed your mind healthy diet of God thoughts. And some of us aren't readers. There are resources available to you. Some of you are, are auditory, and, and music is what does it for you. And there are tons and tons of Christian artists who write songs and sing beautiful music to the glory of God. And you can fill your mind with that stuff. You can feed your mind a healthy diet. There are audiobooks. If you are not a reader, there are audiobooks. There are podcasts. There are so many churches now who, who are podcasting their pastor's messages. I listen to a ton of them. I get great material. <laughs> And I don't feel bad because they took it from somebody else, you know? It's, just, it's true. Don't get, you just call it research. What did you do in high school when you did a research paper? You just quoted a bunch of other people. That's all you did. There are so many resources available that you can feed your mind positive, God-honoring thoughts. That's all he's saying. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if there's anything excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And then the best thing, the best thing that you can feed your mind is Scripture. It's the very best thing you can put in your mind. It is God's Word. And somehow we have reduced Scripture reading to an obligation or a chore or homework. And nobody likes to do homework 
And sometimes people ask me things like, well, how much should I read each day? How many minutes should I be reading? That's asking the wrong question. The right question is, what can I feed my mind to make it flourish in the flow of God's Spirit? And it might be one or two sentences. It might be chapters. But it's learning to tap into the flow of the Spirit in your mind. It is making your mind a place where the Holy Spirit can flow freely. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. His delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree, and here's here's that analogy again, a tree planted by streams of water. He is feeding his mind good healthy, life-giving thought from Scripture. And instead of letting the, the, the wicked and the sinners and the mockers feed his brain, he is feeding his mind with godly thoughts. Some of us read that and we think, meditation, man, that just sounds so hard. That's like only for super saints. Only super saints meditate. No, no, no. Meditation is just simply reading and then thinking. You can do that. You can think. That's all it is. It's just reading and then thinking through what you just read. What does that mean? How does it apply to me? If you read one of the gospel stories and how Jesus interacts with a group of people, ask yourself, put yourself in the story. Which one of these people is he talking to? Which one is me? What do I need to hear? See, that, that's meditation. It's just simply thinking about what God's word is speaking to you. We close with one more um, reading from Ortberg's book. He says, We are free to feed our minds from every good source, but there is no source like the Bible. It is the written revelation of who God is and what God's purposes are for humanity. No book comes close to its influence or significance. Eugene Peterson writes, Christians feed on Scripture. Holy Scripture nurtures the holy community as food nurtures the human body. Christians don't simply learn or study or use Scripture. We assimilate it, take it into our lives in such a way that it gets metabolized into acts of love. That's great stuff. And you can do that. You can do that. You bow your heads with me. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Venetia, California.